Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Good afternoon on a beautiful Thursday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mighty Air 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers G. Hey Wiley and our money buckets. How are we doing on this glorious Thursday? You know, I'm doing great, but that other Los Angeles team, not so much. <laughs> I mean, they, they were talking about whether LeBron should have shot the layup or not, but regardless, losing to Houston is just... I don't have any words left to describe this season. It's been atrocious. Yeah. I mean, I was maybe the last one on this bandwagon, this train, thinking that maybe, just maybe, that the Lakers, because they beat Golden State a couple of days ago, LeBron dropping 56, maybe that was the turning point this team needed. Oh, my God. I mean, it has been a season of terrible losses. That may have been the worst. We'll get into that right now as we get into today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. All right, the Lakers have had a lot of bad losses this season, but last night, probably the worst. I mean, it's Houston. The Lakers lost to the worst team in the league, the Houston Rockets, 139-130 in overtime. The Lakers have... No, have not lost nine. How sorry, have now lost nine straight road games, tying the Rockets for the longest streak in the NBA. The Lakers are now a season worst nine games under 500. Arash, are you ready to wave the white flag on this season? I am. And listen, I probably, if I was smart, should have done that a long time ago. Uh, There was a stretch there that I was willing to do it, but Armani Buckets convinced me that maybe the pieces were in place for them to kind of salvage the season. And I really got to be honest with you, you know, when they beat the Warriors the way they did, when LeBron had 56 points, when Russell Westbrook kind of said, you know, listen, uh, this is about my family. I mean, I heard and saw enough over a two-day stretch where I'm thinking, okay, maybe, maybe Uh, there's something here. Again, not a championship season, but maybe this team has enough to get past the playing tournament. Maybe if they play a Suns team playing without Chris Paul, you know, maybe something can happen here. Uh, This this season's done. This season's done. And it's really telling, by the way, when you are um, playing the worst team in the West, worst team in the league, and effectively the scouting report is just play hard. If you just play hard, these guys will quit. If you just play hard, at some point, these guys will crumble and that is such a terrible thing for a team with as many superstars um, as the Lakers do effectively you're just saying we're just gonna like out hustle them we're gonna outrun them we're gonna outplay them and the fact of the matter is when that game went into overtime they blew out the Lakers. I mean, I, 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 not, generally speaking, when the game goes into overtime, it's going to be a close game. But the Rockets quickly took a 10-point lead. This one was done. This is over now. You know, we're less than 20 games left, 16, 17. I, I, I don't know the exact number. It doesn't matter. Um, I think the final uh, cherry on top of this disaster will be the Lakers getting blown out by the Pelicans, whether that game happens in Los Angeles or New Orleans. I do think the Lakers end up in that playing tournament. I think the way that they're going, they're probably going to be the 10 seed, which means that they're headed to New Orleans, and that one will be a blowout. 
I was I was going to start it with the optimism, Arash, is the, <laughs> the end of what you said there. The play-in tournament looks like it's going to happen. Now, again, losing to Houston was the cherry on top of what has been an embarrassing season. With that being said, the Portland Trailblazers, who are in 11th place, might be the worst NBA franchise that we've ever seen. And then you have San Antonio, Sacramento. So yeah, the Lakers are going to make the play-in tournament. At least it very likely looks like that. But again, one game against the Pelicans probably is all that they're going to get. But hey, I'm trying to be optimistic, trying to remind everybody that at least the play-in tournament is still in play because it looked like for a while there that that wasn't even going to be in play. Well, and that's the problem though, right? Is that Laker fans are, it's championship or bust. So the season's a wrap. The season's a loss. Like even if you make it into the play-in tournament, it doesn't matter. You know, the play-in tournament means nothing to a lot of these people. The play-in tournament means, you know, we lost the whole entire season and we traded away everything for, for nothing. So again, it's a wrap guys. It's a wrap. All right, the Clippers beat the Washington Wizards like they probably should have, 115 to 109 to snap their two-game losing streak. Reggie Jackson had a team-high 31 points and has become the go-to guy for the Clippers. They are now 35 and 33 and are the number eight seed in the West. Has Reggie Jackson's recent play changed how you feel about the Clippers, guys? You know, so the thing about Jackson is he is their go-to guy. You know, when you lose a Kawhi Leonard, when you lose Paul George, you know, you're not quite sure who's going to be your go-to guy. And I really like Jackson during the postseason last year when they lost Kawhi. He became the number two guy. Paul George moved up as the number one guy. Jackson moved up as the number two guy. And, and I mean, people forget, you know, when Kawhi goes down, that series against the Utah Jazz in the second round was a 2-2 series. Uh, the Clippers go into Utah, win that game, and then they go back home and they blow out the Jazz. And they really, um, you know, push the uh, Suns to the brink. And so, uh, no, it, it, here's the thing. It doesn't change my view of the, the Clippers. I think that they do win their uh, play-in uh, tournament game. I do think they go into the first round. I think that they give whoever they play a run for their money. I don't see them advancing past the first round, whether they play the uh, Suns or the Warriors, but what it does do is it makes me think that the Clippers are a championship team next year. You know, when you talk about, you know, generally speaking, you want a big two, but you know, it doesn't hurt to have a quality big three. They really do have, in my view, a big three now. They they have Kawhi coming back next year. They have Paul George coming back next year. And Reggie Jackson can be that third guy. And when you just look at the talent that they have coming back, they are going to be a fantastic team. So, no, it doesn't change my view of them this year. They're a fun team to watch. They will not make it past the first round. The interesting thing was the postgame quote, and we know Reggie does this a lot, but he said, Clippers Nation is truly L.A. No offense to them over there, but they're the lights. I definitely feel like we're the heart of the city. We're here for the people. And, you know, that is such a Reggie Jackson quote. And that's why, in my opinion, if nothing else, you know, we know how Clippers fans feel about Pat Bev. I feel like Reggie's going to be even more beloved than Pat Bev when it's all said and done for him in L.A. The Clippers, from a game standpoint... The Washington Wizards are not a good basketball team, and the Clippers struggle with them for the majority of the game. But, you know, the fact that they're able to pull off these victories is still a good sign that this Clipper team is still in this for the long haul. Yeah, no, I mean, like my mom would say, Reggie is a star. I mean, he's he has definitely stepped up his game and made it so that he is the go-to guy, right? He, he has... 
he has proven himself that he is he is who he thinks he is. He is who we say he is. He's um he's he's the star. He's and he, he's definitely saving this uh, this Clippers team. All right. Sorry for the delay, guys. While the Clippers won last night, the team is reportedly not optimistic that they will get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back by the end before the end of the season, which has just 14 games left. Uh, Clippers coach Tyron Lue said yesterday, I'm tired of hearing this when they're playing. I'll let y'all know. I'm tired of talking about them every day. We can't win a game, but we got to talk about Kawhi and PG. Talk about the guys in the locker room that are fighting and clawing every single day. Was Ty Lue tired of questions or tired of playing with Without his best players. I think a little bit of both. I think he wants some shine on Reggie Jackson. He wants some shine on these guys playing their hearts out right now. And I get it. But it is, I mean, this is, it is an understandable question. The fact of the matter is prior to the Warriors game, we saw Kawhi practicing, warming up again from the reports out there and from the people that I've talked to. They're not optimistic now, that, that, that could change, right? But they are not optimistic, as we sit here today talking on a Thursday, that Kawhi will, will be back. And you touched on it, Jihei. What is there? Just 16 games left in the season? 14 games? I mean, that, yeah, there's, you know, with 14 games left in the season, you know, there's just not enough time because they don't want to push him back and he's coming back a little bit too soon. You got to remember, the first time we've seen Kawhi on a basketball court shooting shots, non-contact, was this week. And the fact of the matter is, with only 14 games left of the season, are you going to really put him out there for the playoffs? I mean, so we'll see. I, I think that they're, they're taking a very cautious approach, and it's a smart approach to take. Why? Because I think if you go into next season with a healthy Kawhi Leonard, with a healthy Paul George, with a healthy Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, I'm telling you, talking to the guys in Vegas, we'll see how the other teams in the league pan out. The Clippers could be the preseason favorites to win it all next year if all these guys come back and if all these guys are 100% healthy. I'm all for that. And I think that the other part of this is that Marcus Morris doesn't get the the credit he deserves for his his evolution as a player last night again he had a 20 plus point performance you talk about Reggie Jackson Marcus Morris Kawhi Leonard Norman Powell Robert Covington this is in my opinion yeah definitely should be the title favorites going into next season now for this season Ty Lue is obviously sick of the questions being asked he's thinking if they show up they show up if they don't they don't and I totally understand that and I think that we're at the stage that they're not going to show up and that's that's okay you know what I don't I don't think that he's tired of the questions I don't think that he's tired without I mean obviously he's tired without playing his best players I think he's he wants to give these guys some credit, man. Yeah. Put some respect on their name. They're playing their butts off, yeah. considering that they don't have their stars. So I give them all the credit in the world, Tyloo. I love this squad. I think this squad, considering what they're dealing with, is playing lights out. Um, keep it going, okay? The Lakers and Clippers, or sorry, the Los Angeles, the, the team from L.A. and the Clippers <laughs> like, <laughs> likely won't get out of the first round this season. But which team has the best chance to win a championship next season? I mean, listen, we just touched on it. It is the Clippers. But to be honest, I mean, that is such a fascinating question. Because if you had asked me that question a year ago, if you said the one team has a big three, the LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook, or... Kawhi Leonard, PG, Paul George, and 
Reggie Jackson, I would say the Lakers, but it's been so, I mean, this is where chemistry really comes into play. This is where fit comes into play. And I, and I think some fans out there, and I'm guilty of this, sometimes we don't appreciate that. Sometimes if we just say, hey, listen, on paper, this is the best team in the league. Listen, you have two of the top, uh, you know, five or 10 players in the league, three of the all-time, all-time in league history, top 75 players. Of course, it's the Lakers. But that this Lakers team, if they're healthy, they're a 500 team. Again, they have not been healthy all year. They're nine games below 500. It's this Clippers team. And I've talked about it on the show, and GA's talked about it on the show. They genuinely like playing together. They like hanging out together. They go to Vegas together. I mean, this, this is where... Fit comes into play, knowing your role comes into play. So it's not even a question. It should be, if you just look at it on paper, they both have a big three going into next season. It is so clearly the Clippers, and it's not even close. Oh, 100%. I totally agree. It's the Clippers. They're, it's <laughs> You are... The Lakers are out on, like, Pluto or something like that, <laughs> and the Clippers are on this planet, right? So... The way that they played with each other, Ross, to your point, the way that they've hung out, that they can hang out with each other, it's rare, by the way. I would just like to point this out that like people actually hang out with each other that work with each other because technically this is a job for them. Um, this isn't high school, this isn't college, this isn't even you know like a pickup league or anything like that, right? It's this is their job. This is what they do for a living. So sometimes when you go to work. You want to get away from work, right? But these guys, it's not like that. They actually want to hang out after work. They want to like, they really want to get to know their people and they're playing like that. And it, once they have all the pieces in place, oh my God, watch out. It's going to be, and it's going to be magic. And the Lakers are a dumpster fire. I'm sorry, Laker fans. It just is what it is. You just, you're a hot, hot mess. So I, I think as far as next year is concerned, Clippers all day. Everybody get on that bandwagon. Get on the gravy train. Clipper gravy train. I love it, and I couldn't agree more. The Clippers are the the favorites, again, if they're healthy to win next season. But I'm excited to see what happens after this Lakers season because I think that we're going to have some sort of like article by The Athletic or somebody that's just <laughs> going to be like an expose of everything that we didn't know about from this season. And I think that that's going to make it even harder for the Lakers to rebound in the offseason. Yeah. Yeah. USC plays Washington in the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. If they win, they will likely play UCLA in the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament on Friday. But the Trojans already won before they arrived in Vegas when they signed head coach Andy Enfield and friend of the show to a long-term contract season. How important was it for USC to re-sign Enfield? This is huge. This is so massive. And people who don't appreciate, you know, what it is like to head coach a USC basketball team don't understand. It is hard when you are the head coach of the basketball team at a football school, you, you get no support. You, you quite frankly just get no support, no support from, you know, the school, the boosters, the fan base. And, and I don't ever want to knock students, you know, if they want to do something else with their life. But quite frankly, the attendance at these games is embarrassing. It's dreadful for a team that was just two months ago one of the top five teams in the country. They're currently one of the top 25 teams in the country. They were an elite eight team last year. They blew out Kansas a year ago. Uh so he has them in not only a position where they are on a heck of a run, 
they they have stability. They have a foundation in place, and he's a great recruiter, and he's a great guy. And sure, he's a friend of the show, and he lives near us in the South Bay. But this was it. You would not have appreciated what he's done with this program until he was gone, because you would have. Listen, UCLA has a hard time hiring big time college basketball coaches and you're not going to find more of a blue blood than ucla but quite frankly a lot of people don't want to come here to recruit because you're it, it's hard it is hard you know to recruit against you know duke in north carolina and places like that so this was huge happy as a usc basketball fan happy as a usc fan excited to see what usc does in this tournament i think they win tonight i think if they play ucla they beat ucla friday all comes down to maybe that championship game Saturday against U of A. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, here's the thing. No, um, whether you're from LA or you have adopted LA as your, you know, as your city, the one thing that is synonymous in LA, we will love you when you win. And that's what Andy needs to be doing is he needs to just keep winning, man. Just keep, keep winning. Um, I think the standard might have gone up a little bit since he has made made the tournament multiple times, right? Since he's been there a little bit um, more often now and um, now that they are actually ranked and finally up there uh, in the standings. But man, if you just keep winning, the, the love will come. The love will be shown, um, especially in, especially since like no offense to, S, to UCLA, but the South Bay is a USC town. It is Trojan Nation in the South Bay. So you keep winning in the South Bay, man, they, the love will come and the expectations are just going to get higher and higher. But right now, the love will come. Just keep winning. Major League Baseball canceled the second season of the regular season Wednesday after days of discussion with the MLB Players Association failed to generate a new collective bargaining agreement. When when do you guys think we will have a season and how long will the season be? And is baseball on the verge of losing fans if this lockout drags on? Here's the thing. Uh, I would have thought coming into today's show, there was not much of a chance. We're getting reports and and, and who knows when this will, will, will be official. But Major League Baseball and the Players Union are continuing to talk today, and there's actually renewed optimism. They may get a deal done, and if they get a deal done today, there's no reason that they won't really at this point. I mean, uh, things went from zero to 100 real quick today. Uh, and so there's still a chance, guys, that, that we could have a 162-game season. There's no reason that they shouldn't be able to have that if they get a deal done today. And um, so, you know, the plan has been to make up for games on the off days. Again, there's like always off days. Um, so I, I know this is sort of like late breaking news. And, uh, you know, I was expecting to say something completely different because I was expecting to really scold Major League Baseball and the Players Union for not getting a deal done. But it's beginning to trend in the direction of us getting a deal done at some point today. They're close enough at this point. I mean, cooler heads have to prevail. I mean, there is they are close enough to making a deal where not making a deal is just counterproductive, I think, at this point. So, um, A, I do think that they get a deal done, whether it's today or tomorrow. But I mean, they are so close at this point. It's like you're like negotiating 
on a car deal and just like don't leave the dealership and and sleep on it just get the deal done drive off with the car of your dreams and so they're close at this point and i really do believe if they get a deal done today there is no reason again it would be a truncated spring training uh but play a full 162 again i i really do believe at some point they they do have to shorten the season in my view there's no reason to play 162 Probably 60 games is a little bit too short, something in between. But, uh, you know, GK, I, I think a deal gets done, whether it's today or tomorrow. Excited about that, because as we mentioned on the show, there will be no Lakers after the first round. There will be no Clippers after the first round. The Ducks are not making the playoffs. I think the Kings make the playoffs. I don't know how far they get to. We would not have had a whole lot to talk about here pretty soon if we did not have baseball. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's the. I, I think that that's the problem right now, right? Is that I think, and everybody's starved for this too. You know, there are baseball fans out there that are losing their minds, losing their minds. They're probably just like, what is going on? They want a resolution. Yeah. Well, Gia, that's all the time uh, we have in this segment, but excited to bring on our good friend Nick Hamilton in the next segment when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and the fan in Las Vegas. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Ross Markazi Show on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Just as a reminder, if you guys have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to a future Kings or Galaxy game, and I know that that's the only reason you guys will be calling, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. That number again, 310-400-0340. All right, joining us now, as he does every Thursday on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, our good friend Nick Hamilton. He does a variety of things, Sirius XM, iHeartRadio. He does it all. Gosh darn it, love this man. Nick, how are you, my friend? What's going on, man? How you doing? Good. You're back from Atlanta. You're living the dream as you uh, no normally do. We have a lot to get into, uh, though, Nick. Um, okay, I, I, I thought of you... When Russell Westbrook had his emotional kind of, uh, you know, plea to say, listen, this is my family name, um, Westbrook. My son is very proud of that last name. It hurts me when people call me Westbrook. Let's see. Now, this could be one of those uh, Jim Everett, Jim Rome moments where you, where you just continue calling him Westbrook. Your thoughts on Russell? Listen, the Lakers are nine games below 500. He's having a terrible season. It comes with the territory. Quite frankly, he's making $45 million this year. He's going to make $47 million next year. I've been called worse than Westbrook. Your thoughts on what Russell had to say? Well, here's the thing. Ain't no tables going to be turned on me, I guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, but as far as the name goes, listen, it was never – I'm not here to disrespect any any individual uh, on any level. That's never my thing. I don't get off on that. I'm not being a shtick. Um, you know, obviously, Skip Bayless is the one that, that originated that, and then yeah. we just took it to a different level. Uh, but it's never to disrespect anyone in his family. I don't know him personally. I, I've never been able to meet him or anyone in his family personally. Um, 
And the thing that really gets under my skin is the fact that people are actually sending death threats yes. and sending threatening messages to to not just him but his family. Yeah. See, that's what you that's where I draw the line because yeah. yeah, you can criticize a guy within the 94 feet. You can say he sucks. You can say he's garbage. You can boo him. Whatever you want to do, that's all fine and good. But my thing is when you start sending death threats to a point where the man doesn't even want to bring his family to home games, yeah. that's when it becomes a serious problem. And people are really sick and twisted and demented in the head um, when, it, when, you, when you, allow, you allow a sporting event to get that much involved in your life to the point where you're sending death threats to people. I don't condone that at all. I wish him and his family the absolute best and safety um, because there's no need for that. Um, does Russell Westbrook, has he sucked this year? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Has he underachieved this year? Absolutely. Was it unrealistic expectations for him to come here and for people to think just because what they saw on paper was automatically going to be the number one or two seed in the West and get them to a championship? Absolutely. So expectations were unrealistic. Because he simply did not fit. He simply did not fit with this type of team that that consists of LeBron James and Anthony Davis at the time and surrounding cast members. It just didn't work. We all said this and it's coming to fruition by the by the caseloads that this man should have been surrounded with shooters, much like how we saw with the Miami Heat, much like how we saw even at times when in with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, this did not work. And the reason why he won a championship, and I'm speaking of LeBron James, is because they had shooters around him. Um, as far as, but here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's understand this for one second. I'm not going to feel sorry for Russell Westbrook because people are calling him Westbrook. Because let's not forget, Russell Westbrook has been a jerk to the media for quite some time. Russell Westbrook has not been the most accommodating figure when it comes to dealing with the media when it comes to dealing with certain issues. Now I give him all the props and respect in the world for his why not foundation and the great things he's done in the black and minority communities, not as just in Southern California, but across cities where he's been. I give him all the props in the world. I commend Russell Westbrook for that because he's definitely put his money where his mouth is and he has a heart for the community and you can't take anything away from that. But let's not forget, isn't it the same man that orchestrated or at least went along with and promoted when Kevin, when he got mad that Kevin Durant as a free agent decided to leave him in OKC and go join the Golden State Warriors and refer to him as a cupcake. Now, what does a cupcake represent? Somebody who's soft, somebody who's weak. We know good and full well Kevin Durant is neither one of those two things. Kevin Durant is a pure scorer. He's a prolific shooter. And he's one of the, probably one of the best in the game as we speak. But you didn't have a problem putting T-shirts out saying cupcake it just so happened kevin durant learned how to embrace it and made fun of it mm. now all of a sudden you want sympathy because people are calling you Westbrook because it absolutely fits by the style of your game no one's disrespecting your family no one's you know as far as when they say those things yeah. no one is hurling racial or homophobic slurs towards you they're calling you Westbrook because you brick more times than a person that works at home depot <laughs> Okay. So don't get don't get mad because people are calling you back. Step your game up. Learn how to be, be able to play and play your role. See, the problem is he doesn't want to play his role. And that's why, according to the reports, there's been a rift between him and Phil Handy and the rest of the coaching staff because they want him to play a certain way that's going to be productive to them being successful on the court. 
Yeah, no, Nick, I, I 100% agree with you. I think you and I were both on this. Not going to work with Russell Westbrook train. Um, where do you think that the Lakers go from here, though? Because the season's a wrap. Way to get rid of yeah, they got to find a way to get rid of him. I mean, I, I, I had to agree with Kendrick Perkins the other day. I think you may have to shut Russell Westbrook down. I think you have to shut him down and, and just try to find a way to, to, man, to manage the, the, the stress and the pain that, that this team is going through as far as the, the losing woes. Um, even James Worthy said on, on Wednesday night, this is probably the Lakers have hit a new low. And he's absolutely right. Um, but they got to find a way to get rid of Russell Westbrook, even if it has to be a third team involved when it comes to a trade of some sort. They're going to have to get rid of him because this, it, this can't continue to work. It was a failed experiment. We don't even know if the Lakers are going to even be get get out of the, the playing tournament um, because uh, just it's not not an easy road. You got Minnesota, you got the Clippers, um, and the New Orleans Pelicans in the mix. So it's not going to be an easy road for the Lakers. But as far as Westbrook goes, you got to get him out of town. I'm yeah. sorry, he's too complacent. He's not angry enough. He's not aggressive enough, and that's simply not going to cut it. Hey Nick, I have a hypothetical for you, and this is long term. Let's say. 10 years from now, the Lakers have had very few winning seasons. Let's say the Clippers <laughs> win a championship between now and then, or maybe even multiple. What are the odds that this city ever, if you want to take it beyond 10 years, you can, ever turns into, let's say, 55-45 Lakers-Clippers? Because I don't think we're close, but is there a path to getting to that destination? If it ever does, you better look up at the sky. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> it's over. You can cancel Christmas. That ain't going to ever happen. I don't care. I don't disrespect the Clippers. I like what Steve Ballmer has been able to accomplish as far as creating that culture there. But even if they win a championship or two championships, which would be great for that franchise, that organization, um, it still won't be. I mean, hell, right now, this is a Dodger, Laker, and now a Rams town. And it's going to be a Ramstown, especially if they continue to make those moves and get back into the Super Bowl and win another championship in the next couple of years. It's really going to be a Dodger Laker in Ramstown. And God help you if Lincoln Riley pulls USC together and oh, yeah. gets them on the right track, then it'll be it'll be one, two, three, and four. And you were talking about Dodgers, Lakers, Rams, and then USC, and then everybody else. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Hey, by the way, here's the thing, because I've talked to Clippers uh executives about this and I, I said you're in a really tough spot because the Lakers aren't just like the number one team in town the Lakers are one of the most popular franchises in all the professional sports around the world I mean when you look at you know the top 50 players in league history and in, in this franchise again not only did they win 17 championships tying, tying them for the most in league history Magic, Kareem, Jerry West, Will Chamberlain, Kobe, Shaq. If you go down the list, I mean, the greats of the greats have uh, played here. So, yeah, this will never be a Clippers town. They will be lucky to get 25%. They're not there yet. But, I mean, it's going to take a while. It's going to take a long time. I could even see them getting a third. But let's let's take a look at this, too, Arash. How many, how many different versions of Lakers stories have we been watching? Not just winning time that's currently on HBO. Yeah. But look at other, other things that Jeannie Buss is about present i believe it's either on showtime or hulu yeah. i mean they, they've had countless stories about the lakers and how that that franchise even dr bus and how yeah. dr bus turned the franchise around and made it a culture in los angeles um once he bought the team from jack kent cook so to me the clippers maybe will at the end of the day may get a 
like you, you say 25 percent. i'm saying maybe a third of that yeah um, but that's about the best they're gonna do even if they win a couple of championships you know because the lakers were so fortunate to have two time periods like this under dr jerry mm-hmm. buss and I'm, i wouldn't be shocked if, if depending on the success of this show if we get one more for the you know they won five championships with kareem and shaq during showtime and then they won five more with just a weird dynamic of the kobe phil relationship kobe and shaq win three and then kobe and Powell win two more so fascinating history there uh but speaking of the clippers nick i mean there was some some optimism briefly that when you see Kawhi on the court pregame before the warriors that you know maybe Kawhi may come back now we're seeing reports that they're not that optimistic i'm a i did not know there's only 14 games left in the regular season i mean this thing's almost over uh they're not that optimistic that Kawhi and paul george will be back this season um a, your your thoughts on just what this Clippers team has been able to do this year, but 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 B, I, you know, talking to some of my friends in Vegas, they keep thinking, hey, listen, if they get a healthy Kawhi back next year, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, I mean, this team could be the preseason favorites to win next season. Oh, absolutely. I think first of all, you have to commend Ty Lu. I think, I, as I said when I was on NBC. I think Ty Lue needs to be more involved in the in the coach of the year conversation. I, I don't think he'll win coach of the year, but I think he needs to have a stronger voice and a stronger command to be in the conversation because what all he's been through, like you said, without Kawhi Leonard, having Paul George, then Paul George getting injured, and then training for Norman Powell, having Norman Powell for a few games, and then him going out with yeah. injury, and then relying on the backs of Reggie Jackson, of Evicha Zubak, uh, Luke Kennard, and uh, Amir Coffey, you know, and those boys, and, and Terrence Mann. So, to me, to be able to do what they've been able to accomplish so far and to be able to accomplish everything that they've been able to do, I think is something special. I think it's something spectacular. Um, and I think also, too, when you look at the overall what they've had to go through in this season, the level of expectations were below, were lower than a worm's belly. So I think yeah. when you're able to rise above that and be able to, you know, extend and, and, and get those, go through those those winning streaks and things of that nature, um, I think it's something that to be commended. Um, next season, absolutely, they could be a very dangerous and scary team. And let's not forget, they have moves that they can also make on top of those guys returning to the Clippers in the offseason or even at the trade deadline. We all know Jerry West is not scared to trade players at any point in time if he feels like the team is going to get better and be more competitive. Um, so I think the Clippers, the sky's the limit for the Los Angeles Clippers. Their biggest problem is, is unfortunately no longer COVID, but now injury. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, if they were healthy, man, how fun they would be to watch this postseason. I did want to get your thoughts also on the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, we got USC playing tonight, uh, UCLA as well. If both of these teams win tonight, we got USC, UCLA semifinals. Uh, thoughts on uh, the Pac-12 tournament, and if any one of the teams here in Los Angeles, USC or UCLA, could knock off U of A? Oh, absolutely. They could knock off U of A. I think it's a different mentality. It's almost like playing in the postseason. You know, they always yeah. say it's a different season when you're in the postseason. And I think, you know, first of all, congratulations to Mick Cronin, who was the L.A. Sports Council sport, uh, Coach of the Year, and very deservingly so, uh, what he's done with that program and being able to turn that program around. Um, I do think UCLA is in a different space. I think that th- this is a team that can definitely return back to at least the final four if they can stay healthy and stay focused and disciplined and play their style of basketball as it pertains uh, to being able to, to run the way they like to run up and down the floor. Um, but I think USC is also could be a scary uh, team as far as maybe not winning 
the Pac-12 tournament outright, but it may be getting into the tournament itself, making enough noise where they can get maybe to the Elite Eight, uh, maybe to the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight. Um, but I think my money, if I have money to, to put on, I think it would go on the UCLA Bruins just because they have a lot of guys returning uh, from that class last year. And we have yet to see them really have a breakout game. And I think they're due for not one, but maybe a couple, uh, whether it be in the Pac-12 tournament or in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Nick Hamilton joining us on the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, uh, talking a little bit about Los Angeles sports and also the Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. Nick, I, I want to get your, your thoughts here because there, there's uh, still some lingering questions about this team going into next season. So Sean McVay will come back. We know that. That's a positive. Aaron Donald is still a question mark. And, you know, the future of Von Miller. Like, Cody Beckham Jr., I'm not as concerned about because he's going to be gone for the majority of the next season. I think he'll be back on a one-year deal. Uh, your thoughts on what the Rams are doing? And have you heard a time frame when we'll find out if they will run it back well first of all i disagree i think i think there's no question marks about aaron donald i think aaron donald's coming okay. back i think he all said right. i think he said what he said even at the parade even though he was lit <laughs> he, he did exactly what he said he wanted to come back um i think that the the, the sad part about it is that rodney harrison leaked out yeah. what was supposed to be confidential information so there goes the trust factor with rodney harrison uh as far as aaron donald saying anything else or even mentioning in the conversation. Um, so that's unfortunate. But um, I do think that we'll see Odell Beckham maybe week six, maybe week seven of this year. I think they'll give Odell Beckham at least a two-year deal um, because I think you have to. Um, now, you may not be as much money as Odell was going to command before the unfortunate injury that he suffered in Super Bowl 56. But I do believe that Odell Beckham will be back at some point. Um, also, too, let's not forget you have Jacob Harris, a young tight end who has a, who has the hands of a wide receiver. Uh, you're going to have um, a lot of guys returning. Now, the question mark is when the hell is Andrew Whitworth going to retire? Or is, is <laughs> that's right? That's <laughs> the bigger question mark. Um, I, as far as Troy Reader, will Troy Reader come back? It's not looking like Troy Reader may return with the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Uh, Bob Miller. Um, Spoke with Josina Anderson uh, a couple of days ago and basically told her that, you know, he wants to work it out with the Rams first. And if something doesn't come about with the Rams, then he's going to open himself up to other teams at free agency. Uh, that that also includes the Chargers, the Cowboys and other uh, other uh, AFC teams. So I think when you look at the overall ha happenings, I think that the Rams can bring this team back. And I think they have to add some more pieces. I think you have to look at a Stephon Gilmore um, at safety as far as being in that secondary with Jalen Ramsey. I think Darius Williams leaves because they're not going to grant. They should not grant him a three-year deal. God knows what the hell for. Maybe the Raiders or the Cowboys may bite on that, but I don't think the Rams should. Um, but I think they got you got guys coming back, um, but they're going to have to add some pieces. You can't be like the Tampa Bay Bucks and just bring every single person back and don't add any pieces. That's why they got stuck in the, in the uh, semifinal round of the playoffs and lost to the Los Angeles Rams because they just weren't prepared. Um, but I think if you're the Rams, you have enough cap, you have a great capologist, you have an owner that's not afraid to spend money, uh, you have a great general manager in Les Snead, you have a head coach that's solidified that's going to be there. And oh yeah, by the way, they're going to extend Matthew Stafford and Aaron Donald. Now, those two have to be very mindful of the monies they're going to receive because guess what? If you take a pay, uh, you know, a pay, uh, a pay increase, but not 
the Brinks truck, then yeah. you're able to run it back because you're able to spread the wealth, at least for the foreseeable future, and then get compensated on the back end. If they're able to work that out and be able to willing to take that, then yes, everybody can return. Um, Sony Michelle will probably be the odd man out because they're going to keep Cam Akers and they're going to keep Daryl Henderson Jr. And then Jake Funk should be coming back as well. So if I'm the Los Angeles Chargers, one thing I would say is I would take a strong look at Sony Michelle and put him back behind Austin Eckler to help my future, my franchise quarterback and Justin Herbert be able to run that offense a little bit smoother than what it has been in that running game in times prior. Uh, but as far as the Rams are concerned, um, they, they definitely priority has to be signing Joe Noteboom and moving him to left tackle. I think if you're able to do that um, and then probably, you know, f- fill it out throughout the draft, I think you'll be okay. Uh, Nick, our last uh, couple of minutes. I mean, do you still get the sense that the Rams are kind of like a call in in terms of there's a lot of big names that are going to be available. Um, and it does seem like if there's a big name out there who just got cut, uh, you know, the first team that are that, that, that they're kind of linked to are the Rams. Um, we saw that with James Conner and maybe Saffold. Yeah, your, your thoughts, are, are the Rams still kind of like, if you're a big name available, will they go and try to sign you? Hey, man, everybody wants to be a part of a winner. That's why I'm on this show, baby. That's why I'm on this show every week. I'm trying to be down with the winning team. So everybody wants to be a part of a winner. And and, and we know about Bobby Wagner. We know the reports of or people have been speculating about possibly Bobby Wagner being part of the Rams, which the Rams could get him out of steel. Um, so it won't be that hard on the cap uh, if they decide to go that direction. I don't know if they do. Maybe another L.A. team uh, may look at him more intensely. Uh, because of their needs, and they have more of a need at that position than the Rams do. But again, everybody wants to be a part of a, a, a winning a winning team. And it, and the, and let's not forget the Rams are really a great organization, top to bottom. They really are a great organization. Yeah. Um. You know, Von, one of the reasons why Von Miller wanted to negotiate with the Rams first because the way they treated him as not a, just a player but as a human being, and that goes a long way. And players talk, guys talk, agents talk. They say, mm-hmm. "Hey, what?" What, hey man, how's this team? Or how's that team? Oh man, this team is great. Oh no, nah, I wouldn't work with that team over there, man. You may want to look the other way. So, I mean, like I said, I'm not surprised, but we'll see what the Rams do when it's all said and done. And you know, Les's motto about them picks. <laughs> that's right. I love that. All right, that's all the time we have for today, Nick. You're the best. Let's do it again soon. Until then, this is the Arash Markazi saying, stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.